are listening to True Crime Twins, a true crime podcast hosted by Chloe and Melina Cantor. True Crime Twins is distributed by Glassbox Media and is part of the Crawlspace Media family. Welcome back to True Crime Twins, where we use our academic and occupational backgrounds in criminology and medicine to tell you crime stories. Today, we're talking about the phenomenon of parents and caregivers giving their children drugs such as Benadryl or melatonin or even stronger, harder drugs to sedate their children as a general practice to make their job as a parent easier. I'm Chloe. This is Melina. So we're going to be discussing this phenomenon because I see these headlines more and more of daycare workers and even parents dosing their children with drugs. And for a long time, I think the really popular one was Benadryl because it is an antihistamine that can cause drowsiness. I was not too long ago, maybe a year ago, having a conversation with an acquaintance about wanting to travel but being intimidated because I, at the time, had a one-year-old. Now she's a little older and I've since traveled with her and it was fine. But I was very worried about the stress of the traveling process, especially because I don't particularly like flying. And I was expressing that to my acquaintance and she said, well, just give her Benadryl. And I thought she was joking. I literally said, okay, Casey Anthony. And she was like, no, I'm serious. Like I did that all the time. I talked to more people about it. And a lot of people reinforced that that is just a normal thing that they would do to make things easier in a situation such as travel or if they're not sleeping, they dose the children. So based off of the people that you spoke to about this, Chloe, what percentage do you think thought that that was okay? At least 50. But that's a small sample. That's anecdotal. I think a lot of people were brought up with this practice. So it's something that they've repeated with their children. And to them, it just seems like very commonplace and not a big deal, especially because Benadryl is not a typical sedative, right? It's not Ativan or Xanax or like a barbiturate, but it's still going to make you drowsy. It's going to make you, it's going to make your cognition go down. It makes you fuzzy basically. And it's not without risks and side effects. And if you look it up just on a basic search engine, there will be pages and pages of across the years, many daycare providers and parents getting arrested for dosing and sometimes killing these children. I don't know if all of these caregivers know that a child can die from an allergy medication that's over the counter like Benadryl if it's inappropriately administered. And I think the newer one that's increasing in popularity is melatonin. Melatonin, I can see why some people might be like, oh, that's not as serious as using Benadryl because it's technically a natural hormone, but you gain a tolerance to it. When I worked in foster care, I saw some kids on as much as 20 milligrams. And I've read in certain places that when you get past three milligrams, it's not even effective anymore. So it certainly can be abused just like any drug. All of this talk really brings me back to the testimony from the 
infamous Casey and Kaylee Anthony murder trial in Florida where a mother was accused of murdering and disposing of evidence regarding the murder of her three-year-old daughter. And it was a very drawn out and dramatic trial with passionate protesters and odd characters. And one of the things that came out was that it was standard practice for this mother, Casey, to dose her child to get her to nap so that she could party and otherwise be free of her parenting duty. And she even told a friend who's, you know, up on the stand singing her praises and saying, oh, she's such a great mother. She taught her daughter how to count in Spanish, but in the same breath says, oh, yeah, she would joke that Kaylee was being watched by Zanny the nanny. Zanny being a colloquialism for the drug Xanax, which is also known as Alprazolam. So can you tell us about Alprazolam? Alprazolam is a benzodiazepine and people take it usually if they can't sleep or if they have panic disorder and they're having panic attacks and they literally need something that's going to work quickly, like in 30 minutes tops to calm you down, literally chemically calm you down. So it is not indicated to help a child sleep when you want to go party. It definitely, I don't think there was any evidence that this two-year-old was prescribed Xanax. I don't even think Casey was prescribed Xanax. It was probably a street drug. But nevertheless, the idea that she would dose her child, especially for her own benefit, is sick. It's unthinkable to poison your own child to dose your own child but to use a drug like alprazolam you would have to think that it started with something like benadryl and perhaps a tolerance was built and she maybe moved because you know xanax isn't an inexpensive drug i don't know if she had a prescription for it or not but it would be an expensive pattern of behavior for her and she wasn't working so i just think these situations where people feel like they're being innocuous oh it's just benadryl i do think that those situations can escalate and the whole discussion and conversation about dosing was pertinent in this trial was because that's ultimately what casey anthony was accused of doing to her child which was overdosing her with a chemical substance she on her computer which apparently was a shared computer in her household that she shared with her parents she apparently was searching about how to make chloroform and there was some evidence that's been disputed that there were traces of chloroform in the car so the discussion of a pattern of behavior of this mother sedating her child was meant to establish that this could have escalated easily into something even more toxic and abusive, which ultimately they said ended in her murder. Of course, Casey Anthony was found not guilty. In the end, Casey Anthony had a fantastic defense attorney and she had time on her side because by the time her little daughter's body was found in the very moist forest near her house. She was almost completely decomposed, skeletonized, and had barely any fat left on her bones even. That made it so a cause of death couldn't definitively be determined, but there was 
duct tape covering her mouth and nose. Do you recall the significance of the duct tape being present? Jose Baez is a very smart and clever defense attorney. So the story that he portrayed of what happened to Kaylee in the trial was that it was an accident. She drowned because she wasn't watching her. And her father, who was a former cop, threatened her, basically saying that if she called the cops, that she would be arrested for child neglect or something like that. So that he would take care of it. And basically they were saying that Kaylee's grandfather, Casey's father, dumped Kaylee in the woods. But if that's why she died, I mean, if that's how she died, what's with the duct tape? How did they try to explain that one away? I think that they said that the tape was like stuck to the bag or something. And the tape, basically they were saying that the tape was on her face, not because it was intentionally put there to suffocate her or silence her. Basically, they were just like, that's just a incidental occurrence. They can't really explain it, but that's not why. That's all they had to say. It wasn't why, and you can't prove it. That's reasonable doubt. And now, a quick word from our sponsors. Thanks for listening to our sponsors. Now back to the show. The issue of administering antihistamines and other sedating drugs to children have been emphasized in recent years, such as by the government of the state of Connecticut who released a public health alert saying that there have been at least four deaths in Connecticut of infants and toddlers over the past year due to toxicity from Benadryl or other antihistamines. So there were a cluster of deaths regarding parents and caregivers in the state, and this is going on in the entire country. I had my baby in Massachusetts, and I was very sleep-deprived at the time of reading this pamphlet. I, of course, tried to retain all of these very important lessons about parenting a newborn baby as a first-time mom. But yeah, they sent me home with this pamphlet telling me what to do and what not to do. And I didn't remember that they talked about Benadryl until that acquaintance a year or so later had suggested I do that. I thought, oh, that reminds me in that pamphlet, they said, don't give Benadryl or similar drugs to help them sleep or to use it for any purpose outside of what's recommended by a doctor. And of course, there were other things such as don't shake the baby, even if you're really angry. And of course, reading these things, I'm like, oh my gosh, who would do these things? But it's a lot more common than anyone would hope. And as a little side subject, shaken baby syndrome, which results in traumatic brain injury in the child and is highly fatal, is mostly committed by male caregivers. And I wonder, Melina, what your thoughts were on that trend. I guess just instinctively, I would say that a man would be more likely to act out in physical aggression than a woman just because of the mere existence of testosterone and how their levels are so much higher. Maybe it's a lower tolerance to frustration, but it kind of seems like you really can't control yourself that much. Like you're having a tantrum like a child. If you're shaking your child that hard, you're taking out your frustration in a violent, very, very harmful and fatal way on a helpless being. And I don't think that the statistic at all reflects that most men do this. It's, I don't think, an extremely common occurrence, but when it does happen, the perpetrators are usually men. While it seems that the people being arrested for dosing children are women. 
And I think that the levels of testosterone can be a variable that explains that. I do believe that men are more likely to have an attitude of dominance and a need for dominance just because of their place in society. So I think that being that frustrated is just something that they can't handle is my best guess. The thing with the Benadryl dosing is that in order to use a medication, even if it's an over-the-counter medication, for something that is not its intended use, that's sort of a doctor's job. As a medical professional, what do you have to say to people who take it upon themselves to medicate their children to convenience their own selves in life? I think that you should be ashamed of yourselves, every single last one of you, because it's selfish. You're not helping the kid. A medicine is supposed to help your child. You're not helping your child. You're drugging your child. You're making your child go to sleep so your life is easier. People can be like, oh, but they get so upset on a plane or in the car. They get so upset and it's for their sake to calm them down. No, it's not. It's for your sake. They don't want to go to Hawaii. They don't care. They just want to hang out with their parents and siblings and friends, etc. The parents are the ones that want to go to Hawaii and are subjecting them to those stressful circumstances. They're creating the problem. And I think that we all deserve time to ourselves. And, you know, you are a medical professional. I'm not, but I am a mom. And I don't admonish any parent for wanting to go on vacation. Go wherever you want and take your kids with you. They have a right to exist in this society. I recently took my daughter, just the two of us, on a trip that required multiple flights and the attitude toward her who was a totally behaved two-year-old maybe a little bit higher in volume in the way that she talks but not a misbehaving kid someone even asked to move seats because they were afraid she was going to kick their seat and her legs weren't even long enough to kick a seat and I was just like Jesus what's with this attitude like she is a person just like the rest of us she's allowed to exist I'm allowed to go to the beach and have a girl's trip with my two-year-old and you all can like go to hell. Like, I just don't like that vibe. I think people are seriously annoying and it's not worth drugging your kid over because you're inconvenienced and stressed out or the people around you are being dicks about it. It's like you can tolerate a day or less of traveling with an annoyed kid You can use your parenting skills to instill coping skills upon them. I don't know, spend some time with them. I'm not trying to oversimplify it. I just think I'm putting myself into the perspective of these people as a fellow parent, and I just cannot find a justification to take this measure. It is so abusive and selfish. And guess what? When you have a kid, you are second in line for the rest of your damn life, even when they're 18 or older. Like that's just how it goes. And Selfish people make for inherently shitty and, in extreme cases, abusive and negligent parents. So don't do it if you're not ready. It's okay to be self-aware and be like, I'm selfish and I'm not ready yet. But at the same time, people can say all they want or tell themselves that it's okay, it'll just make them drowsy, but an antihistamine stops your body from secreting. So people use anticholinergics if they have an overactive bladder and they need to stop peeing. If they have a cold or allergies and want their nose to stop running, it basically dries you out. So then it also causes dry mouth, dry eyes, dry everything pretty much. And it can eventually cause blurred vision. 
And there are studies that show that long-term use of Benadryl can make you more likely to have Alzheimer's. In other words, this is not harmless. This is not innocuous. And Melina, what are the risks? I know that people have died from overdosing on Benadryl, which is obviously the ultimate complication. But what plays into that? How do people get killed from this drug? It could be simply from toxicity. Your organs can start to shut down if you have too much of any substance. But it could also be the lack of coordination and drowsiness that can cause accidents like rolling off of a bed or sleepwalking and falling off the balcony it could be a lot of different things. Or if it interacts with the medicine that they are already taking that is actually prescribed by a medical professional that is trying to help them, it could interact. Also, when you think about it, if there are multiple different caregivers in this child's life that are all doing things like this without telling each other, then there can be a seriously dangerous situation of being overdosed, especially if there's a parent that is doing this because they themselves are substance abusers and are sedating their children so that they can go freely abuse whatever drug they're addicted to. They might themselves, because of their substance abuse, forget the last time they gave the child a dose and overdose them like that. There are so many risks. You might want your kid to stop screaming and stop ruining your trip and they're the reason why you're single, blah, blah, blah. But don't stop their breathing. No one ever asked to be born. Literally, it's your fault that they're there. You need to accept your life, like lean into it. It's called radical acceptance. You have an annoying, loud kid that doesn't always listen to you and makes it so the situations are stressful and this is your life now. Accept it and deal with it. Learn some coping skills and distress tolerance, you freaks. Chloe and I are literally both yelling at this figment of our imagination. Don't give drugs that your doctor hasn't recommended to your kids. Don't practice medicine. You're not a doctor. I'm not even allowed to do that. I'm a nurse. I'm not allowed to just be like, oh, I think this drug and this drug will work because I'm not a doctor. I do what the doctor says. And so should you. And if you are caring for a child and they won't stop screaming and you're trying literally everything that's safe to try to get them to stop and you think, hmm, should I drug them or dose them or sedate them or do anything that's fucking creepy? Step out, give yourself five minutes where the child is safe and secure so they're not going to get hurt by you being in another room for five minutes. Put on your headphones and find your happy place and just like be the adult. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of True Crime Twins. If you enjoy our show and look forward to new episodes, please take the time to leave us a five-star rating and review on whatever platform you use to listen. You can follow us on social media. On TikTok and Twitter, we are at True Crime Twins. On Instagram, we are at True Crime Twins Podcast. You can also email with questions, comments, case suggestions at Podcast at gmail.com.